Before we get to the show, I want to make sure you know about our podcast, Making Marketing. It's a show where Shireen Patak talks to the biggest names in the marketing world about the decisions they're making in their business. Check it out. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor.fm. Or you can go to digiday.com and learn more. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangal, and today I have a session from the Digiday Content Marketing Summit. Roman is the direct-to-consumer men's health company tackling erectile dysfunction in a very different way. At only seven months old, Roman isn't just relying on e-commerce growth tactics. Join Rob Schutz, co-founder and CRO for Roman, as he discusses why startups shouldn't overlook traditional advertising, the challenges of marketing a taboo subject, and how digital and traditional media work in harmony. Listen in. So uh, Roman, we are a men's health company. Uh, we are full stack, meaning we handle everything from online diagnosis to delivery of medication. And so that means we will treat many conditions. We're starting with one, as been mentioned, but it's always the same process where someone uh, goes online, they fill out a quick and easy online visit where they'll answer questions about their medication history, medical health, et cetera. Uh, usually take a picture of their face and their government issued ID, uh, and then pay $15 for a physician to review. Uh, we have a network of physicians across the country uh, through the Roman Physician Network that'll review, ask questions, uh, kind of handle messaging through our HIPAA compliant applications that we've built, and then if appropriate, write a script to the Roman Pharmacy Network that handles the pick, pack, and ship to people's door. So as has been alluded to, our first product uh, that we launched in November is for erectile dysfunction, um, a pretty commonly misunderstood condition. Um, I'll just jump right in because the clock's ticking here. But uh, uh, misunderstood for many reasons. Kind of pe people think about it as like you know attractive older couple in bathtub holding hands, which is I know how I, how all of us are intimate all the time. Um, <laughs> But the reality is ED actually is much more widespread than people know. It's 52% of men will experience some form of ED. And that's 20% of men in their 20s, 30% in their 30s, 40% in their 40s, and so on. And so what we're doing is we're trying to destigmatize, bust uh, taboo, bust a little bit, but for, for good reasons. Like you don't just bust a taboo because it's like a fun thing to say these days, although I'm having a great time saying it. Um, you know, we think about it in a couple different reasons. Like, uh, one of the main reasons is people don't realize that ED is always a symptom of something else going on with the body. We call it a guy's check engine light, but it's, it can be the uh, first sign of things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, obesity, diabetes. Um, if you drink too much, if you smoke too much, I mean, you could kind of throw a rock and probably hit someone in this room that might fit that criteria. Um, so in many cases, the first visible sign that something's going on with the body, it's become very taboo to the point where guys just don't get it checked out because it's embarrassing. It's super embarrassing to talk about. It's embarrassing to talk about with a partner. It's embarrassing to talk about with a doctor who guys probably don't also have a great relationship with. Um, and so that's something we wanted to bring online, make it easy to start that dialogue and then kind of foster this relationship between a physician and a patient that will hopefully allow us over the time to, to trick people into being healthy. Once we get your medical information, once you have a conversation with a doctor, you can pull up your phone and message. Um, treating more mundane things like a cholesterol 
or blood pressure that are like a little less sexy, I guess, um, it becomes a lot easier once all that information is available. So you've got basically the first part of the challenge is essentially getting that message out there that, hey, if, you, if you're exhibiting these symptoms, there might be other things at play. Yeah. Let's get that. What has been sort of from like a marketing perspective? I know that I've definitely seen most of your ads in the subway in New York. Mm -hmm, I know that mm -hmm, uh, you do mm -hmm. a lot of video buys. Um, walk me through kind of some of that, some of where you've actually spent your money when it comes to marketing. Yeah, I mean, we, we've tried to take the approach of like if you're trying to normalize some of this behavior, and again, one of the reasons why we think it's important is to get guys to actually deal with this because it is leading to other things that are being ignored. Um, and so in terms of marketing, like we spend a fair amount of time in digital. Like my background, I was at BarkBox for five years prior, treats and to toys for dogs. So basically like the same company. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, using kind of, there's two ways we think about it. There's like the younger, that 20s, 30s, 40s demo that's been pretty much ignored for the last 20 years of like awkward ED commercials on TV and using more of like the standard e-commerce uh, digital tools. So your socials, your, your search, um, your content, et cetera. And then there's kind of like the more traditional roadmap of how do you reach a guy in his... 50s, it's Golf Magazine, it's, it's running TV, it's sponsorships, okay. and you're doing So you're doing print as well? Yeah, we've done okay. some print. Okay. Um, try, we're trying a little bit of everything and okay. to see what sticks. Um, I know that you've sort of also spent pretty heavily on search. Um, walk me through a little bit of sort of doing, because I mean, search is kind of the low-hanging fruit here. There's a lot to be done there. Yeah. Um, but then you also did significant stuff on social media. I'm yep. curious a little bit about like the data aspect here, because you're obviously asking for some information that is quite sensitive. It's not yep. like selling beer or selling other things that you can use specific attributes. You can kind of get yep. the right questions. What have been kind of some of that consumer data challenges in terms of collection of that data? Yeah. Well, a kind of shocking stat is that uh, you know, up until Roman, 80% of Viagra bought online was counterfeit. So it's from Chinese, Indian, uh, Canadian pharmacies, because mm -hmm. guys like want to get access to this, but they're terrified of talking to anyone. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to search, like the intent is already there big time. People are kind of going into Google and typing in like how do I get access to stuff. And actually that's a much uh, larger theme of like mm -hmm. people go into Google and type questions about all sorts of health stuff. And that's mm -hmm. part of our content strategy, which walk through briefly, but um, yeah, I mean, search on the organic side um, and on the, um, on the paid side, something we spent a lot of time trying to figure out. And you know, we've, we've been very fortunate in many areas, but Google's kind of rewarded us uh, for being like a legitimate company in this space. And so if you search for like Vi Viagra, we rank number one right now, which is, which is helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but we're kind of always working through how do we, how do we you know, optimize SEO, how do we build backlinks, how are we creating content mm -hmm. that's important, and then also dabbling in search to figure out what yeah. makes sense. What about social media then? What, what, have, what has worked? Uh, so we do a lot of testing. I would imagine some of the guys in the room have probably been targeted with our ads, even if they don't want to admit it. Um, I've but, been targeted with your ads. Oh, well that is a mistake then. I'm gonna go that text is a problem somebody with social afterwards. Media. Well, that's um, a yeah, I mean, you, you know, you do as best as you can with uh, the demographic targeting, but you know. Um, yeah, so social's been interesting. Like, you know, I expected that we'd be able to uh, put out ads, we put out videos, we have some that are funny, some that are more informational, and um, we'd get people to click and some of them to buy, but what we didn't expect was the engagement on those ads, like people go crazy. They like people will tag twenty of their friends and they're like, "Hey, bro, 
this is what you were telling me about. Like, this should help with your problem. And then their friends were like, ha, 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 I'm going to sign up right now for this immediately. Um, so just like the sharing, the engagement's been like a pretty unique mm -hmm. uh, learning there. And so we're trying to figure out how to harness this to that. Like, if we do want to create a referral program, it's not like a get one, give one. It's a little bit more nuanced. And so we're mm -hmm. trying to take our cue from social and how people are organically sharing. Yeah. Um, have you considered using influencers? Do you use influencers? Some. Okay. Believe it or not, the influencer community not in love with Roman. Right. Um, some but, are. I mean, you mentioned word of mouth. Some I mean, essentially, are. that's what you're trying to be doing. Yeah. And if, and if everything that we talk about with influencer marketing is true, the yeah. authentic bit, the, all that stuff, Absolutely. it should be. Yeah, but that's also part of the, I mean, part of the challenge here and part of the reason we, we would like set out to do this is there is this concept of like um, admitting you have any sort of issues uh, makes you less of a man. And that's why a lot of guys are hesitant to bring it up or talk about it or it's just a joke. And so that, I mean, that permeates its way into everything, including influencers. So um, we, we've done some. We've done some with YouTube. We've done some interesting stuff. There's like a few national radio hosts who are like all about it. And they're mm -hmm. like, I want to talk about this. And we're like, amazing. Let's, let's do that. And others, they're like, sure, we're open to influencer campaigns. And then we send them the information. And they're like, we're not open to this influencer campaign. Um, so as we roll out other products and things that kind of take advantage of that infrastructure that we've built, uh, we know that that will be a big part of the strategy. But thus far for, for Roman, for ED, it's been, it's been a work in progress. Yeah. What is the hardest part then of kind of doing content marketing for a product like yours? So I mean, the hardest part, I mean, when you think about social, right? Like who wants to follow an erectile dysfunction company on Instagram? I saw a few hands. Uh, follow us and get Roman. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's some of that. It's kind of like relevance. Like, what do you talk about when you're one product is ED? And so we've tried to find more interesting, unique ways to get people to talk about us. And one of those ways is the Morning Glory app, which, number one, erection tracking app in the App Store, FYI. Just putting it out there. Um, so we worked on putting this together. It's an erection tracking app. It sounds ridiculous, right? Like, why would anyone do this? Um, it's actually based in science. So that we, did, we worked on this with Dr. Stephen Lamb, who's the head of men's health at NYU, mm -hmm. who his unique insight is like the single, if I could ask a guy one question to understand their overall health, it would be, do they wake up in the direction in the morning? And it's because it shows good blood flow. It shows that they're at lower risk for like heart disease and diabetes uh, and high cholesterol. And so we pushed this out as kind of like a stunt. And we got over 100,000 downloads. Huge in Russia right now, by the way. <laughs> Um, and, you know, we walk people through, like, some people who have struggled with issues, like, we have people who have literally mapped this every day. We got a screenshot someone sent us of, like, 300 days of tracking the erection, which is, like, great. That's amazing. Um, we've actually had people who are also a little concerned because they haven't, like, mm -hmm. been getting warning wood and they don't know what that means. Everyone who has three days in a row where they're not saying yes gets a consultation with a Roma physician if they'd like them. And then usually a physician will sub them out to different specialists. So we've had people that have come through that have then been sent to a physical uh, doctor and have actually gotten diagnosed with. Um, what other kind of data are you tracking from that app, though? Like that app, we're tracking behavior? nothing. That's we're it. tracking nothing there, yeah. That's it. In retrospect, I would You've love to like store that point. all, and then we could have, like, you know, an erection cloud. Um, <laughs> But that's like V2. Do I want to know? I don't, I don't okay. even know what it is. We can figure it out a cocktail hour, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so that's one take we have mm -hmm. on like ED specifically. And then if, mm -hmm. you, if you go to getroman.com slash inpatient, it's kind of the next iteration of where we think content is. So um, 
as we were talking about in like the town hall and earlier, obviously mm -hmm. the Facebook algorithm changes have like destroyed a lot of traditional media properties. And mm -hmm. so when we started, we were trying to do more of like the crickets or beef, you know, what's healthier, like workout tips. Mm -hmm. And it was clear that model with the changes to Facebook is dead. Um, so we're taking another approach of like, let's be really, really informational and be a trusted brand voice when it comes to health. Like I said, everyone's just Googling all day, what is high cholesterol mean? Like, mm -hmm. why do, what does low testosterone mean for my body? So we're basically building an updated WebMD, uh, thinking about search and thinking about uh, how we rank in Google and how we actually own the answer box on Google. What about working, though, with like publisher partners? I mean, you've seen essentially like very well, which used to be about .com, yep. kind of come up and say, we're going to be the new WebMD. They're yep. a pure publisher. Lots of evergreen content. You know, you type in an issue. It doesn't immediately like cancer. Like It yep. actually tells you what it is. Um, are you working with those kinds of companies? Because it seems like an obvious fit. Yeah, we will. This is okay. relatively new to launch, just okay. like uh, maybe six weeks old, so we're yeah. getting off the ground. But that's absolutely in the roadmap. But based map. on your experience with kind of BarkBox and all that, kind of what are some of those pitfalls? Because we talked in Town Hall a little bit of working publishers can work if done right, but there's still yeah. sort of so many issues to work out along yeah. the way. Like, does it end up just being a media buy, essentially? Do you yeah. work with them on content? Um, based on your experience previously, what do yeah, you Yeah, I mean, partnerships are great for link building for SEO, mm -hmm. right? Like, you want to build your domain authority based off of links you're getting from, from other folks. I mean, I think a lot of what you see in media now also struggles from, like, how do you pay for it, right? Like, we're in the unique position where we can put this property up and it's not supported by ads. It's, it's a complementary business for us hmm. um, because we're building, like, long-term, we're building a new way that people interact with their health. We feel like we're starting with one very small sliver of... Uh, of conditions, but the infrastructure we've built actually allows any doctor on the platform to prescribe any medication to any pharmacy in the country right now, um, but we're just doing it for ED. So as we roll out more, um, we, we will build Row into much more of like a health uh, platform, which is kind of where we're planting the seeds within patient. We were talking kind of about taboo products. I mean, working with the platforms, working with Facebook, we sort of mentioned this with influencers. Was there a lot of pushback when you first started working on this? or? Uh, this yes, there was. Okay. Yes. That's it. Uh, yeah, so let's see. I mean. <laughs> you got to keep going. Yeah, it's, you know, when you're working with a vertical like this, um, it's been traditionally very snake oily, right? And a lot of the questions are like, is this legitimate? Is this like weird boner pills in the mail? Like, who, what are these guys? And so we've spent a lot of time working on legitimacy. Um, and, you know, the first place we started was one of my co-founders, his dad is a very well-known physician across the country. He's helped us put together a really strong medical advisory board. Includes, you know, Dr. Lamb from NYU, head of urology at... Cornell, Dr. Peter Schlegel, we have ex-heads of the DEA, uh, ex-surgeon uh, generals, a lot of well-known folks that are helping write the treatment plans. Um, and then in terms of legitimacy you, legitimacy, you go through some pretty grueling accreditation processes. There's one called LegitScript, required by the, uh, by the credit card companies. There's certifications through the National Association of Boards of Pharmacies to be able to advertise. And so like the Googles, the Facebooks, and the other channels, um, now start to acknowledge those third-party accreditations. Only now start to acknowledge? Was that yeah. kind of... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a rolling process. Google just started accepting LegitScript maybe six months ago. Because there is sort of this like, thing around here around like, scammy health ads, mm -hmm. and they're, they're everywhere. They, they exist almost everywhere, and especially if you look at kind of what 
with the retargeting ads, I mean, you open up any sites to programmatic, like that's just what's going to yeah. come your way. And I could see there being a real kind of, well, the challenge would be making sure that you don't get swept up there as yeah. you start advertising on those sites. Yeah, and there's certain, I mean, Google, for example, won't let us retarget people. Okay, they won't. There's like certain verticals. The example the rep gave me after I described in great detail, detail about how legitimate they are, they said, uh, we think about this vertical the same as divorce lawyers, where like, if you were searching for a divorce lawyer and then your wife used the computer, you wouldn't want her to get retargeted with those ads. And I was like, I guess that's true. And then when I gave that example to my wife, she was very unhappy um, <laughs> that I was looking at those. But that's a different, that's a different topic. It's a different issue. All right, we have time for questions, and I know there's probably plenty. One up here. If you want to just wait a sec, we'll bring a mic. Oh, here's Vanna. Thank you. Um, thank you both. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Great. So we kind of chuckled when Shireen said she was getting targeted for your ads, but we work with a lot of male-specific brands that mm -hmm. do category education because they find that the female partner is a little less intimidated with some of these sensitive topics in yeah. terms, and also involved in this case. Absolutely. Um, so they're doing some of the research. So do you see any sort of A-B testing with that maybe down the line when you have a little bit more brand recognition and your go-to-market yeah. be something you're going to focus on? And if so, do you have a vision for how that would work? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um what we've always tried to do is to just be sensitive. Um, and what we didn't want to do is put like existing Roman ads with existing messages in front of partners and assume that that would resonate really well. It could come off, especially in this environment, is very tone deaf. And so while that is kind of part of our, our planning, we want to make sure we've got the right messaging that kind of has the right level of sensitivity as well. Um, so it's something we'll definitely tackle. Uh, but as we grow, like we'll have products for for men, for women, for um, all different types of demographics, and I think that will help smooth itself out over the course of time as well. Any more questions? This one up here. Yeah. Grace is behind you. Hold on. A lot of tension in the Run, air. One, Grace. Is this question. No pressure. So you, you mentioned that you did, um, you do some out-of-home advertising as well? Yeah. And you said, we are just trying to see what sticks. So we all know how to measure a lot of what's happening on digital. How are you measuring uh, out-of-home performance? It's, I mean, it's a hot topic, right? Um, you know, we, you can take a couple best practice steps to try and triangulate a little bit the attribution. So um, on a lot of our out-of-home, so for like Hulu or TV or Subway or radio, we'll do vanity URLs. So go to getrama.com backslash Pandora to get XYZ. Um, so you can get some sense of like, is is anything happening from that? And then we also have the uh, post-purchase survey, like how'd you hear about us, uh, where you can also kind of get directionally an understanding of like, are people selecting that? Um, and between those different kind of options, you figure out net-net how things are going. Um, so that's, that's one approach we take. Another approach we've taken is you just do a full geotest. Like, I'm just gonna buy in LA, I'm gonna do out of home in LA, keep everything else constant. How does LA compare to Chicago, which are two similar segments, and then see like, oh, LA popped, I'm gonna give the delta to this campaign and then see how that backs out. And how much of it right now then is about brand awareness versus like just selling the Pure thing? acquisition. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a combo. I mean, when we did the subway campaign in New York, um, that, we justified that less as an acquisition play and more as a, 
we're growing really quickly. We're going to be hiring a lot of people. We okay. want like it's a lot easier for people to like people respond to your LinkedIn mm -hmm. messages with a lot more frequency if they know who you are, if they've seen you on the subway, um, and a little bit for the investor side too. Right. So you definitely see a jump. It can be hard to justify some of those buys with like a pure, mm -hmm. pure acquisition play, but uh, if you kind of combine those but together. The tech it startup better. out of home, especially in New York, sort of link has been pretty clearly established. Yeah. I don't know if it works, but there is a history of yeah. Casper Yeah, it's like did you it. raise your Series A, first thing you do, go Get spend all that money on the subway. On the A train. Yeah, yeah. on the A train. Okay. It's always um, the A train. Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, it's like hot again, right? Like out of home mail is kind of hot again, which is like, what? Who uses out mail? Out of home mail is hot again? Yeah, you ever get those like shared local mailers that have like four or five different brands in it, you pay six cents a piece, you see how it backs out. Nice. It's good times. Yeah, okay, all right. Rob, all thank right. you so much. Thank you guys, take care. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon, but till then, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Anchor.fm. You can also tweet at us. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll see you soon.